You're listening to the Sports Brothers Podcast by Sam and Brian Dostal. Everything sports, all the time. Listening to the Sports Brothers podcast with Sam and Brian Dostler. Sam, six years ago today, do you know what happened? I do. We almost died. Yeah, <laughs> uh, to put it bluntly. Yeah, Straight we did. Straightforward. Yeah. This is the first time it's been a Sunday since that August 9th, 2009. About 9.45. Little bing, bang, boom. I guess that's one way to put it. So uh, Get out, get out, get out. Or, and... Sam and I are referring to a car accident that uh, the two of us were in along with our parents. We were the taking, Dostler household. The Dostler household. We were taking a trip, a family vacation up to Prince Edward Island. Uh, we were starting our exhibition at a very early morning. Uh, we were in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, and we were going through a toll booth, and a truck going 90 miles an hour hit us twice in the rear and then on a the right truck. side. Pickup truck. It is in the rear and then the right-hand side of our dad's old Honda uh, Odyssey van. Odyssey van. Of course, it, we'd never drove it again. No, it was completely totaled. And, uh, yeah, so there went our vacation. I'll tell you, that one night we spent in Portsmouth, though, beautiful. Was it really for you? Because <laughs> I was in a hospital. I was in a hospital bed. The Red Sox blew that game, too, right? Yeah, no. Yeah. That was even worse. They were playing the Yankees. So, the 2009, they made, they didn't make the playoffs. Or was that the year Papelbon blew it against the Angels? That was the year Papelbon blew it against the so, Angels. So, it's, right, it's August 9th. So, clearly, it's, it's the postseason is coming just like it is this year and every, and every other year. So, I was like, oh, okay. I've been through hell today. The Red Sox are going to win. Sunday night baseball, Yankee Stadium, they're going to do it. I, I think Teixeira or somebody hit a go-ahead home run the eighth inning or something But like Vmart hit that. a big home run to put him up, right? Yeah, Victor I Martinez. was fired up. I was like, yeah, it's meant to be. Like, yeah, my st- I'll do it. I'll do anything for a Red Sox win tonight. And then they lost. <laughs> Mom didn't like the joke the next morning I had because Dad spent the night at the hospital with you, right? Yeah, I don't think he stayed in the same room as me, but... He was there. He was there. But me and Mom stayed at a hotel... And uh, she did not like the joke. The next morning, we're what was your joke? <laughs> I feel like I got hit by a truck. Oh. <laughs> she was not amused. Just I thought it was pretty funny. I still think it's pretty funny. A little too soon. I thought it was a great one-liner. I was just trying to lighten the mood, you know. Yeah. I had to walk around with a pillow for the next like <clears throat> two weeks. How about a couple weeks later when you finally got out and we went mini golfing and my brakes locked up? Yeah, with Papa's old car. Yeah. And we almost hit Mike and Matt Thomas. Yeah. You're going like, what, fit, you're going like 50 I wasn't going that fast. You weren't? No. It was just the road was a little slick, and my brakes locked up a little bit. Well, they did fix that bridge, so that that's good with that road. Should I go check that out? Is it, you, you is, is it any different? Um, It's a lot smoother. It looks the same. If that's The bridge looks the same. So it's not worth going to check. So it's really not worth going out and checking out. Okay. All right, so, yeah, that happened six years ago today. Imagine that. Once again, this is the Sports Brothers Podcast. Sam's been away for the last couple weeks. Since you've been gone, Sam, Nick Atkinfor has been on this podcast. We talked about the MLB trade deadline, and I did a solo podcast a few days ago. What have you been doing? You've been in Aberdeen, Maryland? I've been, well, if we're going two weeks back, when was the last time I did a podcast? Was it that Monday, the 27th? Uh, uh, Before the trade deadline. So it would have been that Monday probably, right, the 27th? Something like My that, My last yeah. off day? Because we did it in the morning, right? Then we went golfing. Uh, yeah. And yep. I might I my, my par. par, par yep. oh, Anyways. Anyways, um, well, I had a bunch of home games, and then I went off to Aberdeen, Maryland for three days, went to Lowell, Massachusetts for three days, and here I am. 
Ever- Aberdeen, v- very cool place. Uh, not a lot to do <laughs> as far as restaurants and places around it, unless you want to walk like two miles across a highway. <laughs> um, but it was the Cal Ripken complex, which was very cool. Uh, the f- beautiful field, uh, not only the field where the Aberdeen Ironbirds play, the affiliate of the Baltimore Orioles, which is very similar. It's like a mini Camden Yards. It's great. Beautiful press box, concourse, all that good stuff. Uh, beautiful fields. I was near the Babe Ruth fields. Um, and what's really cool about it is the hotel, gorgeous hotel. The only issue, they don't have a restaurant in the hotel. What's the deal with that? All right, that's weird. Um, they had a little bistro, but it seemed to never be open. Hmm. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> um, you know, Utah Street and the warehouse out in right field at Camden Yards. Yep. The hotel is built exactly like the warehouse. So you can't see you can kind of see it from the the field that Aberdeen plays on but it's meant to be out in right field of the Babe Ruth size size field. So it when you're sti- sitting in the bleachers behind home plate and you're looking out to right field, it's the exact replica of Camden Yards That's with very the warehouse. Cool. It's it's That's a nice cool. touch. They they did a really nice job with the complex. Played golf with some great guys. Did you just meet up with them? Like, are you just? Yeah, I, I walked a mile and a half to the golf course. That's dedication, right there. Well, I was gonna sit in the hotel all day. Still dedication. I, to be honest, I probably wouldn't have done it. Rent to the worst golf clubs ever. They told me they had Titleist, not Titleist. What do you mean they told you you had Titleist and they just didn't, they lied? Yeah. Basically. Who who lied? The the course when you called them? Well, I emailed them and then I tried to make a tee time. And I asked about rentals, and they said, oh, we have Titleist, Callaway, TaylorMade. And I was like, oh, all right. And he's like, they might be mix and, mix and, mix and matched a little bit, but they're they're pretty good clubs. I was like, okay. I get there. My driver was like a Pulse Fiction 2. <laughs> and the first full set of clubs I got was a Tour Model 2. Were Tour Model 2s, and those were old when I got them. I had the Tour Models. And I was still, I was even through 6 and then shot a 91. Um, but the, uh, the guys I played with, you know how you just click with certain people, clicked with them, had lunch with them. One of them drove me back to the hotel. Wow. You were, so you were bros for a day with these guys? We were bros. We, we had a great time. They were, one was about 45. The other one was about 55. Great day. Great time. Good for you. All right. Let's talk some sports, huh? How about these Toronto Blue Jays? I mean, this team can't lose. They don't know how to lose ever since they acquired Troy Tulowitzki. Uh, they sweep the New York Yankees, Sam, and they're just a game and a half out of the AL East. Remarkable. It really is. And uh, I saw a stat that said when the Yankees have had a lead of five or more games on August 1st, they've never lost the division. Well, that's in some jeopardy right now. Big time jeopardy. And really, the Yankees were never really in these games this weekend. They scored one run in three games. This yeah? Coming into this series, you figured it was going to be a slugfest. It's the top two teams in all of baseball uh, in runs. The only two teams have over 500 runs for the entire season, but the Yankees score one run. Uh, the, the Blue Jays shut out the Yankees in consecutive games for the first time since 1999. I mean, it's been that long. Uh, and this Blue Jays team – and reading some articles and, and and hearing what people are saying, this is a Toronto team that is completely different than they were two weeks ago. It's like a whole new ball ball club. Well, ob- I mean, yeah. Obviously with the additions of their players, but the way that it's so contagious. But that so changes contagious. your attitude. You, you, there, you see it can go either way. The trade deadline can – sometimes it can hurt a team, and other times – like last year, Oakland. Didn't they, I think they had the best record in baseball. Or they were yeah. one of the they had, right they had the best record in baseball they were they I trade mean, away Cespedes get Lester yeah they made a couple moves and, yeah. and they still made the playoffs barely barely but they Literally, made it barely I know but they but they weren't even close to the team that they were on July thirtieth and then you look at Toronto they make these moves and you just get this uplift sometimes and this is what you're seeing you you a lot of the guys are the same. But, I mean, that left side of the infield, Donaldson and Tulowitzki, come on. And now you can throw a guy like David Price at the top of that rotation. and It's not just David Price that's pitching better. No, but, Marcus Estrada. but it's contagious, too. Oh, absolutely. It's like hitting. Hitting's contagious. Good pitching, that's contagious. And, and when you have a guy, it, it's like anything. When you, when you go play basketball at the park, us, when we go play golf, when we go do anything, and there's someone who's a little bit better than you, 
you tend to elevate your level of play because you, you don't want to yeah. be embarrassed by them. You want to show, I can hang with these guys. And that's what you're seeing with Toronto. And then you got my boy. Your what was that? <laughs> I love that stat you pointed out though about Brandon. Morrow. Oh my God! Yeah. So I was just doing like a full around podcast that I didn't put it online or anything. But uh, Drew Hutchinson or Drew Hutchinson yeah. has a five point four two ERA this season. Five point four two ERA, but has ten wins. He's ten and two. So that's only four behind. Uh, I believe it, it's not Keuchel anymore, but four behind the the leader in wins in all Major League Baseball. Here's some perspective for you. Rick Porcello, 5.81 ERA, and has half the wins. What? More than four times the losses. He's 5-11 and 11 this season, and the ERA is really pretty much the same thing. I mean, 5.81 and 5.42, not much difference. And, no. And Hutchinson just has all the run support. Mm-hmm. Porcello, you're, Boston, everyone wants him out. Or Hutchinson, he's a winner. He's just a winner, he, and that's how you have to define him as. Whether, no, I mean, well, remember we, what I we were talking about in the texting when we, we were texting about this, and um, as Red Sox fans, we remember the Dice K season in what two thousand eight, right? No, was it two thousand eight when he won eighteen and three? It was his first year, wasn't no, it? 2007? No, 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 it wasn't his first year. I think it was his second. Oh year. yeah, it was his second uh, year in two thousand eight. Yeah, and he won eighteen and three, and. But it's he, he averaged like five and two third innings pitched for the year, and yeah. he just the Red Sox had a good bullpen, so he picked up and they had a good offense, so he got wins despite not going far into games. Uh, it's the win loss is just such an overrated, uh, not overrated, but it can be it can be the most deceiving stat line. I mean, you just look at all those years where Felix Hernandez uh, was probably the best pitcher in the game, but he was a thirteen and thirteen pitcher with an under. ERA. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, his first year, Dice K in 2007, 15-12 with a 4.40 ERA. 2008, a 2.90 ERA, 18-3, but had 94 walks in 167 and two-thirds innings. uh, God, he nibbled. Oh, God. Took forever to pitch as well. I hated watching him pitch. Uh, last note on the Blue Jays, Sam. How about this for you? On July 28th, so three days before the trade deadline, this Toronto team was one game below 500 and eight games back in the AL East. Now, fast forward to today, August 9th, just 12 days later, and they're nine games above 500 and a game and a half out of the first place lead of the Yankees. I mean, it, literally flipping the switch in two weeks. Yeah. It's. It it can change quickly. It's I mean you don't expect it's it's amazing. They've thrust themselves. They were kind of on the fringe. They've completely thrust themselves into the into this picture now. You also got to look at Baltimore. Baltimore's right there too. Maybe not in the division five games back, but they've certainly put themselves into. A, you can never count a Buck Showalter team out of. They're it. just three games out of that second wild card spot right now. You you just can't do it. Uh, I really like that Grando uh, Gerardo Para acquisition at the at the trade deadline. By the way, picking him up with the platoon in the outfield, good good pickup. That, that's the thing also on trades. It doesn't always have to be the Troy Tulowitzki trade, the no, David Price trade. Uh, you, you, it's that sm- Sometimes those small trades that make the difference. Bobby Kelty, 2007, Boston Red Sox. Um, uh, I'm trying to Big think. home run in game three of the World Series. Uh, who, who was um, someone for the Giants a couple of years ago uh, that they picked up for the second half of the season? I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, and then the, another uh, move that don't, won't get a lot of headlines, but Mike Napoli going back to Texas, he's not hitting all that great this year. Lately he's hitting his last, and I think in August he's in like 265 or something like that, but he's a guy where he can fit in nicely with two left-handed first basemen and Prince Fielder and Mitch Moreland and can face left-handed pitchers. If you get a Mike Napoli who's going to hit 265, with eight home runs and 20 RBIs the rest of the season. That's I don't good. know if he's going to get that much playing time. But if you get a Mike Napoli who's going to hit 265, 270 for you in limited playing time and and hit, I don't know, five, six, seven home runs and drive in a few runs, that's a good pickup because they didn't give up anything. No. You know. It, and it's amazing how Texas 
when everyone was shocked that Cole Hamels was even in consideration for the Rangers. Like, why Why would he go to Texas? Why would he even accept a trade to Texas? But, I mean, this this ball club right now is only four games out with a second wild card, and they are very much in the thick of things. And and Hamels hasn't pitched well at all in his first two starts with the Rangers, and you would think that Well, that's he would now, that what, up. four out of five starts where he's pitched poorly? Except for the no-hitter, he yeah. He had those two really bad starts, then the no-hitter, and then the, the two outings here. But the Rangers, I mean... Uh, they, they swept the Astros. The Astros playing bad, by the way, as well. We'll get to them in, in a minute. Uh, it's come from behind victories. It, they're just figuring things out. The Rangers are, and and now this Rangers Astros rivalry is almost it's it's back. Because well, I don't we, know that it was ever really there. Well, they didn't play all that. They played. They did play interleague, but it wasn't. It's different when it's a divisional rivalry, which it is now. The Astros, Sam, sign of a young team right here, 2-14 and 14 in their last 16 road games. That's the thing. You, That's you, you got to win on the road. and you know, I mean, they've had some injuries, but... George Springer being one of them. Yeah, and that's that's a big loss. He's it a guy. Is. He's a guy. He's a middle of the order guy. He's a guy that's gonna provide that power, drive in runs, and when you're missing a bat like that, it, it takes away a lot of what you do. But at the same time, it's really hard for a team to go from what Houston was last year to the team they were the first half of the season, and then be able to sustain it once the once the uh, the the pressure cooker starts. And he, and today they. Came back against the Oakland A's. Kobe Rasmus did a go-ahead three-run homer in the ninth inning, and then they blow it in the bottom half of the ninth. Mm-hmm. Danny Valencia, who was designated for assignment by the Blue Jays, even though he's hitting over 300, which I get they added Tulowitzki, and you have Donaldson and uh, and Tulo there, but whatever. But And now they've lost three straight, and they're going to to San Francisco for, for two games in the Bay Area. San Francisco's scuffing a little bit, though. Yeah. Plus, um, oh, what was I going to say? It was going to be something about Houston. Oh, uh, Houston, 61-52 and 52 right now. Even if they don't make the playoffs and they finish at, I don't know, with 84, 85 wins, that's still a successful year for them. Even if they I, – I know they had a nice lead at, a, at, at, a, at one point, but if they don't make the playoffs and get 84, 85 wins, it's 100% a successful season. Just to have the players be in the mix, Brian – yeah, but this is a young group that's going to build off that. But at the same time, your expectations change when you play yeah, so well. But it, I mean, you with could the team you could, that's so you could, young, so unexperienced, taking a leap to eighty-five wins. Well, you could argue the AL West is just, is getting better. The Rangers are getting better. The Angels with, with Mike Trout and Pujols. I mean, they'll be good for years to come. Uh, the A's, I don't think. But Mariners, who knows. I don't know. To me, you can change your expectations throughout the season. If they don't make the postseason from where they were, I think it'd be a disappointment. I don't know. I, I th- it would obviously be a disappointment, but I don't think it'd be a lost season, Bri. I think you're building. You're taking a leap. But then again, how big of the leap is? It's is a it, big leap. When it, you, it's a big leap, but but then it, you're, you're, you got guys who went from not playing meaningful baseball ever in their careers. Two guys who will be playing meaningful baseball. Right. If they get to 85 wins, miss the playoffs by a couple games, but are in it to the end, it's a successful year for Houston. They're going to feel very – obviously they'll be disappointed, but they will feel good at the end of the day about the drastic improvement that they made in, in, in just a year's time. Because they're, they're ahead of schedule right now, way ahead of schedule. Oh, wait. No, they, so that's they why it's a are. successful season. You have to put things in perspective. Chicago Cubs – They've won 11 out of 12 games. Everyone's talking about the Blue Jays being a hot streak, but these Cubbies, they are hot as well. They just swept the Giants at home four games, and they went from being a half game behind the Giants in the second wild card to up three and a half. And Sam, Jake Arrieta pitched very well again today. Chris Bryant is hitting home runs at home. Uh, John Lester, another strong start over seven innings. This Cubs team is really starting to click at the right time. They are, and um, there's not much more to say about it. Like I think they're they're very. They didn't make the big moves like Toronto did, but they're um, moving in that right direction. And Josh Lester's doing what he's had a history of doing, right? John Lester, 
You said Josh last time. Hey, he's on the CT Tigers. Yeah. Look at you. Oh, You're man. messing up. Uh, I thought it'd be the other way around. Oh, John man. Lester. <laughs> That's uh... embarrassing. Yeah. John Lester. He's, we've, we watched him for years with the Red Sox. A lot of times he got off to those slow starts in, in April, May, and he did that again this year, maybe a little more drastically this year, but he has a tendency to pick it up as the summer goes on. That's what he's doing. He's shown he's a big game pitcher, and he's really putting that pitching staff on his back. Matt Arietta or uh, Arietta with a good start today. Yeah, uh, and again, they won 11 out of 12. They had a, I believe they had a walk off the other day. A lot of exciting victories for the Cubs at Wrigley Field, which, uh, by the way, the new renovations look good with the bit with the big uh, jumbo and everything. Yep. Looks good. I tell you, you gotta love the the different cities getting Toronto now. Uh, they haven't had playoff fever since what the ninety, the early nineties when they won those World With Series. Joe Carter, yep. Uh, the Cubs, uh, they haven't had it in probably about a half a decade now. Uh, I think the last time they made it was two thousand eight, right? When uh, the Dodgers beat them, Manny Ramirez. Yeah. Uh, the Mets, they haven't made the playoffs in nearly a decade. It's great to see these uh, these cities that have had a good history of postseason baseball getting that life, getting that juice back into it. Because that's one of my favorite things, like Pittsburgh making the playoffs the last couple of years. Seeing, obviously I want the Red Sox to make it every year, but but seeing cities, seeing different cities and how they react. It's the underdog. It. You like the underdog. That and you, in Kansas City last year, you just like seeing the different sites, you know? Seeing Especially diff- now that Yankee Stadium is so boring now. Like, it's not exciting to watch a playoff game there. Not nearly as exciting as the Does old Yankee Stadium. Does it even feel stadium. like a playoff game? I mean, it's, it's. Remember, there were empty seats when they were in the ALCS a couple yeah. of years ago. It was like there were pockets of empty seats. Well, when you have seats that are over a thousand dollars, that were are the outfield. Oh. There were bleacher seats that were empty. Guess they're not dedicated fans out there in New York. Mets blew two straight though. Na- Nationals, they're struggling as well. I mean, they had an opportunity. Scherzer was throwing today against the Colorado Rockies, and. They lose. I mean, that's a game that the Nationals had to have. They would have been just a game or a half game back in the in the NL East, uh, but they fell short today. On the flip side, though, you talk about the Mets. They really did miss an opportunity. Four nothing yesterday. Three nothing today. Lose both games, especially the one yesterday with Noah Syndergaard on the mound, who had been pitching so well. You were listening to the Sports Brothers podcast with Sam and Brian Dostler. Sam is back on the show after missing the last couple. Uh, podcast saying the little league the little league eastern regionals starts in bristol tomorrow and i think this will be the first time in quite some time they'll they will not be attending one of these games i don't i think i've gone every year since i was nine will you go this year no you won't so both of us i mean think well i mean the reason why i can't go is because well technically the three of us i guess right you're not really going on vacation <laughs> Oh, this is vacation for you. This is vacation This is as close as vacation as I got. Well, okay, so then I'll throw you in the pile. The four of us are going up to Burlington, Vermont uh, for the week tomorrow. I'm going for half the week. Well, we're going for the full five days, and uh, we're going to – I don't know what we're doing. I don't exactly know how much I'm going to see you. You'll see a lot of me on Thursday and Friday, maybe Wednesday. Maybe Wednesday, yeah. Is that a teaser there? Is is that a – Well, I mean, we're leaving – uh, the boss is leaving at about 10 a.m. on on uh, that day. On Monday? Nope. On Tuesday? On Wednesday. On Wednesday, there you go. I was distracted by the home run that Andrew McCutcheon just hit. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> um, but we're leaving at 10 a.m., which means that will put us in Burlington at about 2.30. The question is, what are you guys going to be doing? Are I we, have no idea. I know. I have no idea. What are we going to meet for lunch, or are you guys going to be doing your thing, and I just get on the bus and go with the team to the stadium? Because if that's what happens, then I won't see you guys till Thursday morning. You know, we're bringing our bikes, and you're not going bike riding, no. so. Oh yeah. I will. I told be, mom not to bring my bike. I will be way ahead of both of them, both mom and dad, and yeah. Well, I'm sorry. You're I told mom, mom was trying to talk me into bringing my bike. I was, I went through the hours where the couple days where we're going to be. I was like, mom, there's no point. It's one less bike to take to. That's what I said. Cause especially it's a, it's a pain. You can fit three on our rack, uh, but a fourth. And then with, the, okay. Not with all the stuff. No. Yeah. All right. So anyways, <laughs> but back to the, the regionals, first time that we won't be there. Uh, 
we're not big fans of this Little League World Series and ESPN is, though. Uh, they have signed a deal. ESPN and Little League World Series have signed a deal that they will be covering every single regional game uh, that include. I'm not sure if that's – I'm. Oh, that wouldn't be international, but U.S. So uh, you can watch the, the Eastern Regionals, the – Southeast, the West, all, all that on ESPN networks of ESPN 3, ESPN 2, and ESPN. Normally, it was just the semifinal game and and or the championship game. But, Sam, after all of the momentum from last year and the great TV ratings from from what Monet Davis brought, uh, the Rhode Island coach with that inspirational speech, uh, if there was ever a time for Little League to keep the audience captive, this is the year to do it. Don't you think this is overkill, though? I do, too. That's why, I mean... I mean, there's a point... It's great because you don't see it every day. Well, here's here's my thing. You hear people talk about, is this overexposure for 11, 12-year-olds? Mostly 12-year-olds. In the small sample size that it is, where it's, what, two weeks worth of coverage? It's two weeks. That's what that's what I tell people. That people that and, and, are... I mean, have... If a 12... If a, it's not going to go to a 12-year-old's head usually. They, they don't even realize They it. don't even know. What, yeah, they I don't. Mean, I mean, I was friends with a kid at school who his team, he didn't play on the team, but his friends, Saugus, Massachusetts, went to the Little League World Series. None of his friends <laughs> walked around with a massive ego, from what I can understand, because of it. They don't – but I, I, what makes it so great is the fact that we get the championship games – and then we get that Little League World Series week and a half. Which is, I think, is Which perfect. Which is perfect. How much Little League baseball can you watch? You really can't. We've gone to enough Eastern regional games, Midwest regional, or Mid-Atlantic regional games. There's some bad baseball being there played. There is, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, mean is, it really good, is it really necessary that ESPN airs a, an 11 nothing Mercy Rule game? Right. Between, like the, like, I mean, like Maine, Vermont. I mean, D.C. D.C., they always get beat up. Those they they trot out some and great for the kids to get there. Great for them to experience it. I wish I could have experienced something like that. Oh, absolutely. I'll ask you this question again. I know I've asked you before. Would you rather win a Little League World Series or a high school state championship? It's such a tough question yeah, it is. because, like you just mentioned, as a twelve-year-old, you don't really know what's going on. Like you know, ESPN's there, but you don't really understand that the you're just entire dancing with dugout. yeah you're dancing with dugout you're you know you're dancing to music you know like you're like on the fringe of understanding i yeah i would agree with that you you know but you're not like maybe you, kids now know, know more n- days maybe well, with social know, media social media i don't know um i mean if if you go to if before you go to bed or after you get out of a game and sports centers tweeting at you I don't know. I'd, I'd probably say Little League World Series. I mean, just the whole nine yards. Even you just meet kids from different states, different countries. It's such a huge experience. I mean, I'd probably say you. I'd probably go Little League World Series too. I mean, it's just be it. It it, it it's so cool. Like it really You're the is. Best Little League team in the world. In the world, and really. And when there's a World Series champion, when there's a Super Bowl champion, that's really only the United States, technically, if you want to get down to it. But this is right. every you don't you don't like that analogy? No, no? no. all right, because um, these are the best leagues. That's true. I mean, with J- Japan baseball, I think they say it's like AAA level. This is the best, best no, of the best. Yeah. All right. Well, you heard the song in the intro. It was Frank Sinatra, New York, New York. So, our city bus tour, long trip, Sam. We went from L.A. all the way over to New York. Not sure why the bus driver didn't take us from Boston to New York and down, but we decided to go across country, L.A. to New York. So, let's do it. John DeRubber, the 2-2 hole. Swing and a miss. He's second out. Seconds from gate seven, four from ten. 
Jordan. Open. Chicago with the lead. Michael Jordan running on fumes with 45 points. Tyrus Lakers. Bus drive, man. Whew. Cross country, Sam. What was what's been your longest bus drive this year? Ooh. Like, like real, not like you know, virtual. Not virtual. Yeah. Um, this last one we did probably when we went Aberdeen to Lowell. So like six hours. Oh, yeah, six hours. Yeah, six and a half. But most of your driving is done during the middle of the night, right? Yeah, which makes it worse. <laughs> Does it make it worse? Yeah. We don't have traffic. Yeah, but you're – let's put it this way, Brian. I'd rather have a bus ride start at 10 a.m. and go for eight hours and get there at 6 p.m. and go to bed at a normal time than get crummy sleep on the bus and get it to the hotel at about 5.30 in the morning. Sleep weirdly for four or five hours. I guess. All right, so we have a bunch of great New York athletes, folks. But first, we have some very sad news as today, at the age of 84 years young, Frank Gifford has passed away. Uh, Sam Gifford, the f- arguably the face of the New York Giants franchise and the face of Monday Night Football in his play-by-play announcing. Uh, Gifford, just an all-around great guy, someone that, a lot of young aspiring sports broadcasters looked up to and Monday night football felt like Monday night football when you heard Gifford's voice. Yeah. And he's one of the rare guys, athletes to make that jump, right? A lot, to the play by play portion of it. Yeah. You see, really, is there any, uh, I think Pat Summerall, right? I Maybe he was an athlete. But most of them are color commentators. He might've been a coach though. Anyways. Uh, yeah, just sad news. And it was, I mean, you can't say at 84, you can't say it's out of nowhere. But it, it was of natural causes, so which is good. He wasn't suffering and um, comes right on the heels of uh, the Hall of Fame election weekend, which is supposed to be a celebration. So uh, dampers the spirit. And it's it's he's just he's always he he was huge for the game of football. Uh, I think he's a big part of what what made Monday Night Football what it was. It was a big what part it is. What it is. I don't think it is anymore though. I mean, it's, but it's, he made what it what it was, which really grew the brand of football, and brought it to the stage that we're at right now, where it's just the biggest thing. I mean, uh, driving home today from Norwich, not to get too far from Frank Frank Gifford. Usually they do Sunday night baseball on ESPN Radio. Tonight they were doing the Hall of Fame game, which speaks to just football How, being. And Frank Gifford's a big part of that. Uh, not only as a player, great player, eight-time Pro Bowler, 56 uh, champion, and he he is just a big reason uh, as to why football is what it is, and it's a sad day for the league. All right, well, now let's start with New York athletes, Sam. You have the first three. Go ahead. We are going to stick with football, and we'll go with the – Linebacker Lawrence Taylor, 1981 to 1993, all 13 season with the G-Men. He was a 10-time Pro Bowler, two-time Super Bowl champion, three-time Defensive Player of the Year, retired jersey by the Giants, number 56, uh, ranked third uh, in the top 100 NFL's greatest players, and he was a second overall pick draft, drafted out of North Carolina. You don't see a lot of elite players coming out of the Tar Heels state for football. as far as football goes. Uh, the New York Yankees, their closer, Mariano Rivera. Actually, his son is in Connecticut this weekend. Is he? Yeah, he closes games for the Auburn Double Days. Yeah, big time. <laughs> 1995 to 2013, all 19 with the Yankees. Five World Series champions, the 99 MVP against the Braves. Uh, MLB leader in, leader in saves, 652. Three-time All-Star. Uh, five-time AL Relief Man of the Year. Comeback Player of the Year in 2013 which was his final year, and he was fantastic in that final year after that terrible knee injury in 2012. Uh, and it was it was that cup fastball, uh, uh, 1,173 strikeouts and 1,283 innings, uh, future Hall of Famer. 
And I think a very fitting, you couldn't have drawn it up any better, very fitting last person to wear number 42. You really couldn't have. I mean, ta- a, a class act he made, even on his uh, in his last game, he thanked the Rays for allowing him to have the moment. I mean, really, he was – he didn't think he deserved really any of the gifts that he got. I mean, talking about just a great guy. We're obviously both Red Sox fans, Sam. Him and Derek Jeter are really the two. Well, I, I like both those guys. I mean, you can't hate well, either I, of those two. And what I always say is I'm a baseball person. I'm a baseball fan before uh, a Red Sox fan or, or whatever. Now I'm a Mets fan for the rest of the year. Um, rooting for the Mets over the Red Sox in a couple of weeks. Yep. Um, but. Now that I'm out of that stage when you're, what, 12, 13, 14 yep. years old, when it's like, oh, I hate the Yankees. Yeah. Uh, now it's you, you just watch the game, and you root for your team, but you, you you have to root for a guy like Mariano Rivera. And the other guy, uh, Babe Ruth, 1920-1934 with the Yankees. Of course, started with the Red Sox, but uh, did most of his He work. did? He started with the Red Sox? Really? Shut up. <laughs> Fifteen of twenty-two years with the Yankees, seven World Champions. Uh, You're clearly tired because that was a. I'm annoyed. Kind of a shut up. Why do you have uh, seven hundred ten career home runs, Brian? I meant seven fourteen. Yeah, seven hundred fourteen career home runs, two-time All Star, uh, and that's because the All Star game didn't start till thirty-three. All Century team, and of course a Hall of Famer. He went in with that first class in nineteen thirty-six, and. Um, <laughs> People still consider him the best player of all time. He changed the game. He did. I I, I read a great book on Babe Ruth, and he he just he completely revolutionized the game of baseball. Changed the way people look at it. He hit more home runs himself than teams did, which is unbelievable. 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 Especially with his stature and his weight, and uh, he was a great athlete. Yeah, he was a. and people forget he hit for a really good average too. He he wasn't just a home run hitter. He he could hit for average. New York Knicks center Patrick Ewing, 1985 to 2000, 15 of his 17 seasons were with the Knickerbockers. 11-time All-Star. He's the Knicks' all-time leading scorer. 1986 jersey or uh, rookie of the year. His number 33 jersey is retired. He's a two-time Olympic gold medal winner, Hall of Famer, and Sam, he's the first player to be on our list twice, which is quite an accomplishment itself. I think that should be part of his Wikipedia page as well, that he was on the Sports Brothers. Well, it was only honorable mention before. Honorable mention, yeah, but D.C. for all of his accomplishments for Georgetown. He's probably going to, when he hears this, he's going to be elated. Oh, God. Elated. Just game over. Life complete. Boom. He won't even want to be an NBA head coach anymore. Do you think he will be eventually? I hope so. What's He's, the deal? Why don't big men – I know Kevin McHale is, but why don't big men get to be NBA coaches? It's all guards. It's all about point guards. They're the floor general, man. Yeah, but come on. Big men can be smart too. You and went to Georgetown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just rolled, Sam rolled his eyes when he said that. <laughs> I don't know. He, I don't know. He's, he seems like a smart guy. He has been an assistant coach or an associate yeah. coach for over 10 years. And, I mean, when I've heard him talk, he's he's been good. He, he's met your expectations? Yeah. yeah. I'd hire him. <laughs> you would hire him? Yeah. All right. All right. Well, I was a GM. That, that's good to know. All right. Another great New York player, New York Islander Dennis Potvin. Spent all 16 seasons with the Islanders. And if you're not a hockey fan – and you haven't heard about the Islanders, but in the 80s, the early 80s, in 1980, 81, 82, and 83, they had four straight Stanley Cup titles, good for a dynasty, and Potvin was really all in the middle of that, a big reason why they were so successful. Uh, he was a defensive man. He was the first NHL defenseman to reach 1,000 career points. He retired as the NHL career leader in playoff goals, assists, and points. Four defensive men, that's quite an accomplishment. Uh, and he's the first Islander player to have his jersey retired in franchise history. And honestly, folks, when you think Dennis Potvin, you have to put in the same breath, the same category as Bobby Orr. This is how great Potvin was for this Islanders team. And now on to our final candidate. It's my the one we've been looking forward to the most. It's Joe DiMaggio. We're not going to read his accomplishments yet, folks, because we have an inside scoop reason why this player was so focused on hitting the baseball 
Take it away, Kramer. Joe DiMaggio, you know, this time I went in and I sat down across from him and I really watched him. I studied his every move. For example, he dunks and nothing diverts his attention. Like I'm, uh, you know, I, like I'm sitting in there, you know. And uh, I start banging on the table, you know, to, uh, you know, so that he'll look up, you know, like I'm sitting there, you know, and I, you know. <laughs> he wouldn't move. So then I started doing these yelping noises, like, yeah! because the guy is so focused, you see. He can just block out anything that's going on around him. See, that's how he played baseball. He dunks like he hits. So that's it, folks. Cosmo Kramer told everybody why Joe DiMaggio was such a great baseball player because he dunks his donuts. He's so focused. That's why he's one of the best, Sam. That's why he's on this list, because he was able to dunk his donuts with such great focus. Not many people can do that. Not many people can. Take Have you eight. tried to dunk a donut? It takes some serious thinking. Well, it does. I mean, you dunk it, and it becomes soft, and you can lose some of the donut in there. Yep. How much do you dunk in without it hitting the edges and crumbling off? There is a lot of skill in dunking a donut. There is, and Joe DiMaggio is the best at it. Woo! Great stuff. Great stuff. Better uh, is just audio. Almost. Joe DiMaggio, 13-time All-Star Nine-time World Series champion. I mean, this DiMaggio with the Yankees from 36 to 42. Took a couple of years off to fight in World War World War II. And then from 46 to 51, he came back on New York. Uh, MLB record, 56-game hitting streak. He's on the MLB All-Century team. Sim, he was a third-ballot Hall of Famer. Not a first-ballot Hall of Famer, but a third-ballot Hall of Famer, which was surprising to see. How does that work? Baseball writers were not pleased with... I don't know. Ted Williams is the one they didn't like. I know. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, but just to give you a just to, just to show you how tough it is to hit get a hit in 56 consecutive games. Some current players that have long hitting streaks: Jimmy Rollins back in 2005 and 2006 had a 38 game hitting hitting streak. Chase Utley 35 and 2006. His, it spanned it's the span, season. Yep. Yeah. How awkward is that? I think it was like 27 or 28 or. I don't know. Maybe if, even I think the it was 30s. Higher. I think it was in the 30s. I mean, that, that's so tough. I mean, just to think about it for the entire winter and then having to expect. And then Dan Ugla, of all people, Dan Ugla, the guy that in the like the last two years is like a below 200 average, uh, had a 33 hitting streak, 33 game hitting streak in 2011 with Atlanta. Dan Ugla, Sam. I can't believe that. It's, it's God, he can't hit. Crazy stuff. God, it's. Joe DiMaggio, having a cup of coffee. He's dunking. Yeah. Look at him. The Yankee Clipper. Yeah. Here. You see, now that is a handsome man. <laughs> oh, please. Wait, wait. Now, Sam, that is a a top ten Seinfeld scene right there. That moment. It's pretty good. It is good. Joe <laughs> DiMaggio dunks his I don't donuts. even dunk my donuts. I can't. I don't. I don't drink coffee, though, so that makes it tough to dunk my donuts in my coffee. You kind of need the coffee in order to dunk the donuts in the Have coffee. Have you ever had a full cup of coffee? No. People are shocked. I was, I, I was uh, Pat Murthy. He came up and slept over at Spencer's house last night. We, were, we went to Bagels Plus right down the street, and he asked me if I had this morning? coffee. Yeah, he asked me if I ever have coffee, and I said no. And he doesn't have it either, but it really is a, a common drink that people drink all the time. And, you know, I was telling him, I was like, you know, I'm kind of glad that I don't drink it every day, though, because if, it becomes, if I become addicted to it and feel like I need to have it, yeah. then, you know, even and though there's it's a lot only, of people that think I need my coffee. Yeah, coffee. yeah, they can't start their morning until they have their coffee. I never buy that excuse. I really don't. I don't understand it. And and to me, you if you keep getting coffee, you get it three, four, five times a week. It's gonna add up. Like that's just. I think. I think that's money being wasted. I personally think it's money Say being wasted. Say you buy coffee seven days a week and it's three dollars. That's twenty one. Twenty one bucks right there. Right there. Boom, gone. 
Which uh, totally is not worth it for me. No. Also, um, stop looking at the game. Focus. <laughs> My God. I'm just pausing to to mess you up there. <sighs> the the I, I, yeah, I just don't get the coffee. People are shocked though when they, when I say, "Yep, never had a cup of coffee." Nope. They're just like, "What? Really? Why?" Really, your whole family on the Dowser side—they have coffee. Pretty no much. Well, I think it comes from mom and dad never drank. Dad will drink it once in a while. He'll if, get it. He'll get it. He'll I'm get it tomorrow morning. He'll get, it tomorrow, he'll get morning. it tomorrow morning. Yep. He got it when he came up to Lowell the other day, but he doesn't. He drinks a lot of tea in the morning when he gets to work. But mom doesn't drink it. We never see coffee in the house. In Papa the drank it. Yeah, he did. Low drank, but I mean, in our house, on a morning basis. Coffee's not around. Coffee isn't around. So we didn't see people drinking coffee to get their day going. All right. Well, it's a big one. It's now 5-5 five, five and stump the bro. We still have to think of something. You just ruined what I was going to say. All right. It's 5-5. Five, five. Let's head to the court. It's time to stump the bro. Well, as I alluded to, it is five to five. You want me to go first, yes. Sam? All right. You point at me. I will calling oblige. you out. Calling me out. Calling oh my out god! To the court. I don't know if I can handle this. All right. What kind of court are we on? Tennis, basketball, whatever you, whatever court you want it to be. By the way, Ro- Roger Federer turned thirty-four yesterday, a couple days ago. By the way, saw Hartford Yard Goats polo shirt the other day. Yep. Saw a Hartford Yard Goats hat at the game today. Really? Yes. So they're trickling. The logo is tr- – they did a great job with that logo. Oh, it's great. Oh, they- I love it. The The tribute to the Whalers colors. The I, I personally think – And now it makes the name better. It makes the name better. It absolutely does. Oh, they nailed it with the logo. Th- there's Absolutely nailed it. And they had to. They did because there was a lot of people that were not happy. Yours truly and – I believe you as well. I was it, it kind of wore on me a little bit, but it's it's good stuff. Working for the company wore off on you, huh? Yeah, no, it did. And but they they nailed it. We I'm, were talking about it today. I'm hoping I can snatch them before I leave. <laughs> okay. Anyway, stump the bro. Stump the bro. Who won the 2005 AL Rookie of the Year? Your choices are the A's, Houston Streets, Yankees, Robinson Cano. Devil Rays, Johnny Gomes, or the A's, Nick Swisher? Swisher. Nope. Houston Streets. He had 23 saves with a 1.72 ERA. Streets, I mean, after that year and in his first couple of years, he was really – Yeah, he was. Like, of the premier closer in all of Major League Baseball. No, I don't know. He, he was one of the top. One of the top, yeah, because there was still – Eric Gagne was still there Mariano. during that time. Mar- yeah, Mar- okay, yeah. Um, but he was certainly like, okay, the next great one, if you Brad will. Lynch. All right, so I have a chance to retake my lead. Go ahead. All right. Hall of Fame baseball question. Who is the first Latin American baseball player to be inducted into the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame? The last one? The first. The first. The first, the first big Latin American baseball player to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Luis Aparicia, Rod Carew, Roberto Clemente, or Orlando Cepeda? Say them one more time. Orlando Cepeda, Roberto Clemente, Luis Aparicia, or Rod Carew? Luis Aparicio. Roberto Clemente. Is it? Hmm. See? It was uh that was the question today at uh the ballpark. I overthought it. Did Would you, you do the same thing? It's Roberto Clemente. I didn't overthink it. No, I I overthought it. I thought Roberto Clemente was too simple. So too I sta- obvious. So I started thinking of guys like uh, I I guess Cepeda. Um I was try- I couldn't think of his name. The name I was trying to think of was Luis Aparicia and I thought Roberto Clemente but I was like, "No, that's too obvious." So I didn't make that guess. Well, it's still tied at 5 to 5. And it is now – I don't think I said the time when we first it's started late. this. It's late. It's 10, – yeah, 10.34 p.m. 
Um, yeah. I've had a heck of a weekend, a good weekend. Had a, the family party. By the That's way, nice. I won croquet today. Good for you. I did. I uh, Only five of us, but I was poisoned first. And we actually went the other way. We started. Oh, really? That's big time. That was that big time. That is big time. Kyle was just like, why don't we start, the, start down there? We always start in this set. And we are just like, all right. <laughs> and then. So and who played? You, I'm guessing Dad. Kyle, Kyle, Zach, and Connor. Couldn't get a six. Gary didn't want to play. Gary didn't want to play. Tom didn't want to play. Uh, you were missing one of your guarantees. Yeah, we were, and, and you weren't there. So, anyways, but uh, <laughs> so the. F- I mean, that's there's three, there's four guarantees. Well, five. If Zach's there, yeah. If Zach, if, if Zach's there, there's me, you, Kyle, Dad, and who am I missing? Even Connor is pretty much in. Every yeah, time. there. There's about six guarantees, usually. Which is what you need and for a game. I, and the sixth guarantee wasn't there. So you couldn't fill your part. You failed. There's a picnic next week, too, huh? I can't go. You can't go? Me neither. Rockcats. Tigers! Yeah! And you know what, though? Big day next Sunday. All-Star break will be starting, so I get two whole days off. Wow. I get to share a room for two days with you. Three. Three. Sunday night. Monday night and Tuesday night. Wow. And then Thursday night. Well, you're just going to have to leave because I'll be sick and tired of you. <laughs> Too much to handle from you. Well, you're going to school soon anyway, so you're fine. All right. Well, that's going to do for Mike today's drop. Sports Brothers podcast. There is the legendary Mike Drop. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Uh, please vote for the New York athletes. We just have one more stop to go. That's going to be Connecticut, and then we're going to get – oh, coming back. We didn't pick our athletes. We didn't pick our athletes. Oh, my God. I'm going with Babe Ruth. You're going Babe Ruth? Just because he changed the, the face of baseball, he's still like the most iconic baseball player of all time. Lawrence Taylor. That's all right. my guy. Glad we settled that. Mic drop number two. The first ever – Second mic drop. I think the second was better than the first one. It had been a while for you, so you are able to regroup. Anyways, vote, vote, vote for the best New York athlete of all time. Next podcast, when Sam and I are together, it's going to be Connecticut, and then we will have our field of eight. We'll do one podcast, let you let you people vote for Connecticut, and then uh, really in September now, we'll have our, our bracket of eight people, eight athletes, and we'll go through – uh, like that, have a 1v8, 2v7. We'll let you know the details when the Sports Brothers figure that out. All right, again, that's going to do it for the Sports Brothers podcast from Sam and Brian Dostler. Have a great week, folks.